0: Church, let me invite you to open the Bible with me this morning to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms found at the center of God's Word. We'll be in Psalm 23 today. And if you're using a pew Bible, and certainly would encourage you to do so, if you don't have a copy of the scriptures before you, you can find this text beginning on page four hundred and forty-one. Today we continue our message series. Uh, He is knowing God by name. And so over the last several weeks, we have been looking at various names and titles of God as he makes himself known through his word. And today we come to the image of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I began by asking you to consider why you came to church this morning, why you come to church on any given Sunday. If we were to discuss that for a little bit. I'm sure we'd come up with a variety of responses and many of them healthy promptings for us to be gathered among God's people to open His Word and to worship Him. But I hope, I hope we gather as the church, I hope we come together as a family of God because we are hungry for God. Because we want more of Him. Because we want to know Him more. As the choir just saying, He is our delight And our reward. So, those that know him know that he is good. We want to know him more. We want to know him through his word. We want to commune with him. We want life in him. And we know that that is significant when his people come together and worship him together and hear from him together and praise him together as we anticipate his return and our eternity with him. And so as we consider this psalm this morning, this well-known psalm, let me encourage you, let me encourage all of us to follow the shepherd to the feast. Let's follow the shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Let's follow the shepherd to the feast. That is the spiritual feast of knowing Him, of delighting in Him, of communing with Him. Let's be led by Him to Him. As you find your place in God's Word, Psalm 23. Let me invite you to join me standing for the reading of God's Word. The Bible reads this way, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. We pray that you would speak to us, Lord, that by the presence of your spirit, you would speak clearly to us through your words so that we would encounter you, so that we would know you, so that we would respond to you. Lead us for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, alongside uh, John chapter 3 verse 16 this may well be the most well-known passage and most well-loved passage in all of the bible we we don't know the original setting that gave rise to this text we know that it's attributed to to david we know that david reigned as king over israel from 1010 10, roughly 1010 10 to 971 B.C., it's a text that has comforted people of faith for some 3,000 years. And prior to David's reign as, as king, we, we know that he was a young shepherd boy. Remember the stories. He was the young shepherd boy that went to check on his brothers who were on the battle lines against the Philistines. Remember that David is the one that goes to King Saul at the time and convinces King Saul, that he is willing and able to go and fight the giant Goliath. And when he's trying to convince Saul that he is able, that he's willing to go and to fight in the name of the Lord, he recounts his successes as a courageous and caring shepherd who rescued his sheep from both the lion and the bear. In other words, David knew firsthand what it meant to be a caring shepherd, He knew what it meant to be a a good shepherd. And now, as David considers his relationship to his God, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Everything I did for my sheep, Yahweh does for me. Friends, like a caring shepherd, God leads and teaches us. Like a caring shepherd, God leads and teaches us. This text is deeply personal. We don't have to search far to see that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But the psalmist's portrayal of his relationship with God serves as a model here for us and for all believers, for all the believing communities' relationship with this same God. Like a caring shepherd, God leads and teaches us, His people. How so? How does God do this? Well, He provides nourishment. God provides nourishment. You know, when you look around and everything you see looks like the lush meadows of Indian Valley, Uh, green pastures may seem like the norm. But ancient Israel's rugged hills became parched in the heat of summer. They still become parched in the heat of summer with grass all but disappearing until wet rains bring fresh growth to the formerly barren hills. You know, elsewhere, the Bible uses this image of a shepherd to portray the ministry of the Old Testament priests and likewise to portray the ministry of New Testament pastors called to shepherd, called to lead and teach God's people the word of the Lord under the headship or the lordship of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And so with that image in mind that broader understanding of God's word and mind when we come to this text. The rich, abundant grass that David describes represents the spiritual food that God gives to us. God feeds us. And the nourishment that our God provides to us is far more than Fruit Loops and Pop-Tarts. It's much more nourishing than uh, Cheetos and goldfish and Doritos. It's even better than Idaho potatoes and the choicest of beef steak. God gives us his word. He gives us his word to feast on his perfect piercing and penetrating word that directs us to know him and to walk with him. Let's follow the shepherd to the feast and feast on his word. That we might experience the unrivaled satisfaction of knowing God. It's David Describes the shepherd's provisions. He moves from the meadow, the green pastures, to the watering hole. To the place of rest and refreshment. God leads me, he says, beside quiet waters or still waters. He refreshes my soul. God provides refreshment. And a refreshment that signifies more than just quenching thirst yes that but also a place to wash wounds and to wash dirt away a refreshment that restores that restores wandering or wayward or frightened sheep like the picture in Luke chapter 15 of Jesus as the shepherd that leaves the 99 to go and to retrieve the one lost sheep and bring that sheep home and Began a celebration for one was lost and now it's found. A sheep, the retrieval of that sheep to the flock. Jesus uses to symbolize the repentance of a lost and wayward one. And likewise, great rejoicing in heaven, the scriptures say, when one sinner repents and turns to God, do you need to repent today? Have you wandered from the Lord? Return to Him and find refreshment for your soul. Find a forgiving God who renews rattled relationships, who restores broken relationships like a caring shepherd. He nourishes the spiritually hungry with His Word. He restores the repentant sinner through forgiveness, and then He guides His people in the right way, on the right path. He guides in the right way. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. As a shepherd leads his sheep home, so the Lord leads his people safely home. Isn't this what Jesus meant when he said that he wouldn't lose any of the sheep that, his father, that the Father had given to him? That he would lead them safely home to the Father. As we serve a God who is our shepherd, who nourishes us, who refreshes us, who guides us, and who protects us with his presence. He protects us with His presence. David prayed, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, in a land of desert mountains and deep valleys, of rocky caves and dry stream beds, shepherds know danger. They know about retrieving threatened sheep or being attacked by... Wild animals. Jesus reminds us through the parable of the Good Samaritan. Such a terrain was often a hideout for, for robbers. The darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death. Represents dangerous places. Life threatening experiences that confront us here on this earth. Shifting from talk about God to speaking directly to God. David prays. I will fear no evil for you God are with me. You see, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is with us, it doesn't matter who might oppose us. David did not fear, for he knew the Lord was always with him. And for those who know the Lord, the presence of the Lord is a comforting truth. This is why when God goes and He calls Moses to go to Egypt and to deliver his people, the Israelites, out of bondage in Egypt. He tells Moses, he reassures Moses, he says, I will be with you. Likewise, when he calls Gideon to confront the Midianites, he says to Gideon, I will be with you. When Isaiah prophesies about the, the coming Messiah, he says, he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And when Jesus, our Lord, the resurrected Jesus, prepared to ascend back to his rightful place in heaven he commissioned his followers to go and make other followers to teach other people about him that they might come to know and follow him and he said surely i am with you always to the very ends of the very end of the age friends the lord is a good shepherd who protects us with his presence so let's be people who follow the shepherd let's follow the shepherd jesus says to us he says i am the good shepherd a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And friends, that is exactly what the Lord has done. As a caring shepherd, Christ leads us and he teaches us. He feeds us his word and he forgives us. And until he leads us home, he remains with us in spirit. Can you confidently say, like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I don't need anything else. For God has provided me everything I need to know Him, to know that I am His, to know that I am forgiven of my sins and in right relationship with Him, to know my eternity is secure in Him. The Lord is our shepherd. May we follow the shepherd to the feast, the feast of communion with Him, for that is where He takes us. He takes us to the table. Lord takes us to the table in his banquet hall and he treats us as his honored guests. Not only is the Lord a caring shepherd, but the Lord is a gracious host. Like a gracious host, God feeds and protects us. He feeds and protects us. You ever been treated like an honored guest? You ever been somewhere where you know you were treated well? Someone with a gift of hospitality took you in and cared for you and made you feel like you were in a position of privilege, of of honor. Perhaps that was in some fancy place or fancy home with fine china and glass stemware, but perhaps it was. It reminds me of a trip several years ago with some brothers and sisters from this church where we gathered around picnic tables under a tent in the hot and humid summer of Santa Clara, Belize, and we were fed well. Barbecued chicken and homemade tortilla shells and on and on, filled to the brim, cared for well. Reminds me of another trip with some from this church to Donku, Moldova, the community center there, where we'd come together and were fed some gooska soup, and it was good. And more, fresh milk, from the dairy farm, we were fed well to places that are considered by our standard impoverished and yet rich in hospitality. Also reminds me of my grandmother's home, granny's house on Sunday afternoons. Sunday dinner, fed to the fill and then forced to eat some more. It was good, rich in hospitality. Well, Shifting from the image of a shepherd to that of a host, David prays in verse 5. He says, God, you prepare a table before me. You prepare me a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What's going on here? Well, in the ancient world, it was the host's responsibility to protect his guests at all costs. Once again, we don't know the circumstances that gave rise to this text, this prayer, but we know that the Israelites repeatedly faced conflict with surrounding warring people. Sometimes David was even on the run for his own life. At times, even running from his own family who wanted to kill him and take his life and take his, his throne. And here David says, God, you invite me to your table You invite me into your house. You invite me to come to you and to get my fill, to rest in your protection. As long as I am in your presence and care, I know that I am safe and secure. Anointing with oil was a generous expression of hospitality. Often used to to freshen up a sign of honor and wealth and happiness. At the banquet Table An honored guest cup would be filled with the choicest wine and in the Bible one's cup represents his or her lot or portion in life. And so here David is saying, God, you have filled my life with good things. You, you have been gracious to me. You have blessed me abundantly. And folks, God desires to do the same for you. He is a gracious host who feeds and protects his guests. And he invites us to be his guests. He invites us to be his honored guests, to receive his bounty. So let's be people who receive his bounty. (laughs) Let's take him. Let's let's take him up on his offer. Let's receive his his bounty. The picture painted here and elsewhere And the Bible is of joy and satisfaction, of delight in the Lord for those who are His people. Let me ask you this morning, do you know that joy? Do you know that delight? Do you know the satisfaction of of knowing that you are one of His? Are, Are you one of God's people? Are you a recipient of His mercy? Are you a child of the Most High God? David, do you delight in knowing that God loves you and leads you and provides for you? And the bounty of the Lord is is a spiritual bounty. It's not the promise of health and wealth. It's not the promise that He will give you all your unfulfilled longings, but I think it's the promise that he He will become your greatest longing and He will satisfy your longing for Him. Do you long for Him? It's the assurance of, significance in salvation, an assurance that strikes a chord deep within our souls, causing us to want more of Him. Do you want more of Him? Are you hungry for God? Have you tasted the goodness of the Lord? You see, when David considered the divine shepherd and the heavenly host, he, he wanted more of God. He said, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, God, take me to your house. I want to be in your sanctuary. I want to be where you are. God's goodness and love move us. They prod us. They spark us to want more of Him. His goodness and love, his character, who he is, that moves us, moves those who know him to want more of him. No doubt, one of the most attractive things about people is is when they care for us, right? They express an interest in us when they when they like us. For someone that's struggling in a marriage, the best advice would be to love and serve your spouse sacrificially. And there's a good chance that that's going to reciprocate with time. Or for parents that want children to to love them and to care for them, to spend time with them as they grow up, then the best thing that we parents can can do is to love and to care and to provide and spend time with our kids when they're little. And in a similar fashion, if, if you don't want God, perhaps you don't know Him. Because He loves you and me deeply. Because if you know the God who loves like the caring shepherd and the gracious host, then you're going to want Him. Two, you're going to want more time with him. The text here describes God's loyal love. His always faithful, never changing love for his people. David says, God, your steadfast love or your loyal love pursues me all the time. That that would be a good translation here. That would be an accurate way to depict what David is saying here. He says here, or the NIV text says here, Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. Really, the word there is pursues. He he chases us. He he pursues us. His loyal love pursues us. Kind of like the the determined teenage boy who keeps asking his crush out until she finally says yes. If you remember Super Nintendo, we're all like the red turtle shells on Super Mario Kart that chase you down until they hit you. Like a top-tier defensive lineman who shifts and turns until he can get to the quarterback. Or like a Labrador retriever who sniffs and searches until she finally finds the down duck, God's love pursues us. He pursues us. Wherever we go, God's loyal love goes with us, drawing us back to Him. That's why the psalmist elsewhere wrote, One thing I ask from the Lord, Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. You see, I want to be with you, God. The sheep want to be with their shepherd. The guests want to be with their host. For life is good with Him. And life with Him is good here. It's good here and now as we delight in Him. As we find our ultimate longings satisfied in Him. As we hunger and thirst after Him and He satisfies us. But it only gets better, much better, once He welcomes us into His eternal home. The Bible says, for now we see only a reflection We only partially see. We only partially understand. For now, we see only a reflection. As in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Paul says, now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. Friend, commune with God today. Here and now. Commune with God today as you anticipate the forever enjoy god now commune with him now find satisfaction and delight with him now in knowing him now through his word through time and prayer through cultivating a relationship a deep relationship with him commune with him now as you anticipate forever the lord is my shepherd here and now is he yours turn to him trust him delight In him, walk with him, taste his goodness, experience his mercy, receive his love. Follow the shepherd to the feast. God's glorious provision for you and for me found in Jesus Christ. Same Jesus who said in John chapter 6 verse 48, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Your, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Provision of the Lord. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Let's just take and eat. Take the sacrifice of Jesus. Find life and sustenance and satisfaction and delight in Him. Knowing that He has paid it all. Knowing that He has paved the way. Because if you tasted the bread of life, let follow the shepherd to the feast. And feast on Jesus. Feast on the Word of God. Delight in Him. Find satisfaction and forgiveness in Him. Father, we pray that that would be true in our lives. Lord, that we would be a people who who continually run after You. who recognize that You are good, that You are merciful, that You are gracious. Lord, that You guide us and You provide for us. Lord, that you strengthen and sustain us. Lord, that you forgive us in your abundant mercy. Lord, that you pursue us with your love. Father, help us to turn to you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, churches, our our deacons come to the tables and prepare to serve this morning, let me me invite you to come to the table. Let me invite you to, to take and and eat of the body of Christ, and to drink of the blood of Jesus, to, to remember the, the death, the sacrifice of Jesus, and to proclaim life in Him until He returns. This morning, we invite all who, who know Jesus, all who trusted in Jesus for salvation, regardless of age or church membership, if you, if you know Jesus, uh, we, we invite you to take of the elements this morning this morning, as you can see, we're doing a little bit uh, different from our, our typical approach. We've done it this way before, but with a picture of the table in mind from Psalm 23, verse 5, let me invite you in just a moment to come to the table, to receive the elements. Come to any one of these tables as as you're led. And know that during that time, too, I'll, I'll come around if you're not comfortable coming to the table, but would like to be served, I'd be glad to serve you if you'll just let me know as I come your way. But take a moment where you are. Take a minute, take a couple minutes, bow in prayer, confess sin, reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus, and then you come. Take the elements at the table. Come to the table, eat the bread, drink the cup, and then return to your seat as we continue in worship. Let's bow together, and then you come. Father, we do thank you for your provision. We thank You for life and life in You. or we thank You for uh, this meal. What a time of partaking that reminds us of the body of Jesus broken on the cross, the blood of Jesus spilled for our forgiveness, that we might be forgiven, Lord, that You might be both just, punishing sin, and the one who justifies us, the one who cleanses us and declares us righteous before You. Father, we just pray that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would encourage us, that you would correct us, Lord, that you would help us celebrate life in you, that you would help us worship you now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.